guys, and welcome back to another episode of your Brains Coach podcast. My name is Angela Shurina. I'm your host, I'm your Brains Coach, and it is my job here to bring to you all the best, recent, cutting-edge, most advanced and effective brain-body tools so you could learn how to use your brain better, to make better decisions, to take better actions, to shape your life into the experience you want. So that's what we are all about here. Today is Monday. I'm recording this podcast on Monday. And on Monday, I'd like to start off with something that is that will help you to stay motivated and focused and goal-driven and energetic and pushing through the most challenging times, perhaps. Some practical tools that you can start using to increase your levels of motivation. Usually that means increasing your level of dopamine through uh, mindset and lifestyle and nutrition tools and all the different tools in between. So motivation. First and foremost, guys, remember always that motivation is the reason to act. And um, I believe it was Men's Search for Meaning book by... um, Frankel, um, what's his name? Blinking out. But Men's Search for Meaning, uh, it was about uh, the guy who uh, was in Germany in the camp during the war, um, you know, where they treated people poorly, made them work and tortured, etc. And um, people in the camp, they didn't have any idea whether they would uh, ever get out of there. And some of them, you know, a lot of them would die, but some survived during the most harsh conditions with really poor living conditions and obviously nutrition and a lot of work. And and so the book by Viktor Frankl, that's the author's name, is um, about the guy Viktor Frankl who survived the camp. And during the camp and after he did a lot of thinking and um he, I believe, either studied psychology or just did a lot of work in, in thinking and writing in, in that. And he wrote about how people who survived and almost thrived in that environment had one thing in common. They all understood why they needed to survive why they needed to go through this experience and get to the other side. Whether that's reconnecting with their families, telling the story, making sure that would never happen to any other human being. They all had a reason to live, to survive, to persevere, and if it was possible, to get to the other side, right? To get out of the camp and get back to um, their families, their friends, their loved ones, their the world to tell their story. So the reason why it's very important for a human being, but in a very simple sense, the, the reason why is a promise of a reward, a promise of something that is of value. And that what drives your brain. So if you feel like your motivation might be going low this Monday, you know, there is this saying, when you feel like quitting, remember when you, how, why you started. And that's exactly what you got to do to boost that dopamine, to boost that motivation, to get the energy, because dopamine also releases that energy for action and um, makes you feel driven, makes you feel like taking action. So remember why you started. Remember the reason why what you do is important. Remember what's the deeper reason, the deeper meaning 
why it's important. What's the reward for you personally, right? What is going to change in your life, in life of others, and perhaps in the world? Depends on what drives you personally. So remember why you do what you do. Besides that, today is a five bullet Monday. We haven't done this in a while. And today I'm going to share with you some interesting, fascinating, but also very practical pieces of news that you can use to improve today specifically the way you study, the way you do your mental work, uh, and also the way you eat that helps you to maintain mental clarity, acuity, and productivity, but also helps you maintain health and fitness that are foundational for high productivity performance and great results achieved consistently. So let's start with nutrition. Um, a new study that came out recently, when was it? October 11th, 2023, jet lag disorders associated with shift work can lead to brain changes, increasing appetite. So the study was done in animal models, uh, but the implications are translated into human life. And researchers, scientists noticed long time ago that people who work in odd hours, not through throughout daylight, but late night hours, late hours in general, people who work, you know, sometimes during the day, sometimes at night. So they noticed that people who work like that uh, misaligned with our natural daylight biology, people have a lot of metabolic disorders, poor health outcomes, and their eating habits change and not in a good way. People start eating more during the night and that food isn't metabolized all that well. And then also people uh, develop all kinds of metabolic diseases because of that food intake and the food that people tend to crave is more processed and uh, obviously not that great for your health. So in mice models, they made one group of mice eat and function according to their natural cycle. And for them, that means actually being active during the night. And then the second group of the mice, they did the opposite. So they, they kind of made them resemble shift work when uh, they made them active during the day or instead of during the night when what is natural for mice. And what they found is mice started eating five times more during the um, daylight hours that for humans means at night. So basically when they were supposed to be inactive and sleeping and resting and not having appetite, mice would eat five times more compared to the other mice that uh, had also access to food and maybe was um, active for whichever reason uh, for some time during the day. So that misaligned jet lagged mice ate five times more during their supposedly inactive hours. And uh, they noticed, what they noticed, what they could measure was that neuropeptides, or those molecules in our nervous system that are in charge of controlling our appetite, they get completely dysregulated. And, um, and that's when... When we go, when people go through these periods of times, they speculate of shift work, of working hours all over the place, that controlling your food intake, especially controlling your appetite for highly processed food, gets dysregulated and gets very hard to control. And then from those eating late at night habits, people get all kinds of poor health outcomes. So quoting 
to you. Our study shows that when we disturb our normal body rhythms, this is in turn disrupts normal appetite regulation in a way that is at least in part a result of the synchrony between adrenal steroid hormone production and the timing of the light and dark cycle. So basically, when we expose ourselves to light at the times when we're supposed to be sleeping, that dysregulates a whole bunch of hormonal stuff in our brain and body, and that dysregulates our appetite as well as other health biomarkers and functions. So if you guys do shift work, if you stay up late, well, if you do have to work, obviously you can't do much about the schedule, but uh, what researchers recommend is that you still try to get that sunlight in the morning uh, and during daylight hours whenever you are awake you still try to eat most of your food on the same schedule and during the day and you still try to do exercise that definitely helps to um, make the negative effects on health less but do realize that if you stay up late for no good reason that it actually not doing you well and your appetite going to be dysregulated also your fat metabolism your blood glucose metabolism it's just going to be harder and harder for you to maintain health fitness and better eating habits you're just going to be also craving a lot more um, processed foods so that that um the second um food and nutrition and brain and health study that was about prebiotic fiber. Can prebiotics change the way you crave food? Prebiotics basically is fiber in natural foods like your fruit and vegetables and nuts and seeds and whole grains, etc. And so in this uh, research, piece of research, they noticed that people who consume a lot more fiber from natural foods have lower response in their brain to highly processed food, lower reward response. So basically less dopamine is released and you don't want to eat unhealthy foods all that much when you do eat them. That happens when you eat a lot more fiber-rich foods in your diet. So my personal example, I noticed I used to be such a I had such a big sweet tooth and I used to crave sweets and and cookies and all kinds of stuff all the time. And then I decided I'm just going to quit that and eat uh, a lot of healthy food instead. If I wanted something sweet, I would eat fruit. If I wanted something savory, I would eat something with vegetables and obviously protein and and natural fats, etc. But I decided I'm not going to eat processed foods, but instead started eating a lot, a lot more fiber-rich foods. And after a year of doing that, the next time I ate a cake, I realized I didn't like cake all that much. And so what that research confirms is that when we eat a lot of these fiber-rich foods specifically, it changes the composition of our gut microbiome. We have like trillions of gut bacteria. And that changes how our brain responds to highly processed palatable foods. Those, you know, cookies, chocolates, and pizzas, and all kinds of uh, foods. So eat more fiber-rich foods. When I work with my clients, I always teach them or we practice it, we create the skill. First and foremost, focusing on eating the right stuff, a lot of protein, a lot of fiber. And a lot of people do not like to eat that much fruit and vegetables. It's People are out of habit of eating the right stuff. And that's why a lot of people have such a hard time uh, 
not saying no to the wrong stuff. So if you want to start uh, eating more good stuff on autopilot, just first focus on eating more fiber-rich foods like your fruit and vegetables. From prebiotics and gut microbiome to caffeine, and the next three bullets are going to be more about uh, different compounds and, and foods and um, supplements to help your brain to function better uh, at exams or when you just need to perform cognitively better. Maybe you are working on writing, on presentation, coming up with business plans, with ideas, whatever that might be. If you want your brain to function better, uh, here are three bullets specifically for that. First, let's start with caffeine, our favorite drink uh, of the whole planet. Uh, I believe the statistic is more than 90% of people drink caffeine, so it's definitely planet's favorite drink. But there is science to caffeine. Did you know that depending on how much caffeine you consume, uh, in what form, with what food, um, that's gonna you're gonna have a different effect on your performance. What do I mean by that? So for optimal performance, mental and actually physical, they notice that it's best to consume. Researchers notice one to three milligrams per pound of body weight, or three to six milligrams of caffeine per kilogram of body weight. That is when you get into your focused state, you perform better on cognitive tasks, but you don't get a lot of anxiety or jitters or being all over the place. And um, to put it into more practical terms in cups of coffee. So one average cup of coffee, not big one, but more like medium to small, eight ounce or about 150 milliliters is about 90 milligrams of caffeine. So a couple of those cups or 150, 180 milliliters of, of coffee, specifically coffee, have more chances to put you into the zone. Obviously, if you are a taller guy with a lot of muscles, that's going to be more for you. And if you are a female, a uh, smaller or have a smaller frame and you have less body weight and also uh, less muscle, it seems you're going to need less caffeine. So if you drink your caffeine and you think, oh, it doesn't work, it just makes me jittery, try to reduce that amount by a quarter or a half. Um, and also realize that caffeine doesn't work immediately, even though you might feel immediately better, but that might be more of a placebo effect. Caffeine kicks in fully in 30 to 120 minutes after your consumption. And um, how long it's going to take for it to kick in depends on the amount, it depends on what you Eight before depends on the timing of that caffeine, a lot of different factors, but on average, it's good time frame to expect your caffeine to kick in in 30 minutes and the effect lasting for the next two, three hours, depending again of how much caffeine you consumed. But the caffeine stays in your system for quite a long time, might be disrupting your sleep if you drink too much. Uh, good rule of thumb to have great night of sleep is uh, when you consume caffeine is to stop your caffeinated drinks eight to 10 hours before your bedtime. Now, that being said, my personal favorite hack for caffeine to last longer, to not give you high peak and then crash is to add a 
small teaspoon or even half a teaspoon of matcha. I just drink it with water, get my matcha powder, drink it with water uh, right before starting drinking my coffee. And what I notice is that I don't experience spikes and crashes and my caffeine seems to be lasting a lot longer. So caffeine has a user manual. So make sure to not overdose. And plus different coffee houses would give different caffeine amount in their drinks. Starbucks is usually the most caffeinated coffee house that might give you a horse dose of caffeine in a cup if you get their biggest caffeine a coffee drink um, or maybe green tea drink that also has quite a punch of caffeine, right? So if coffee makes you, you know, all over the place jittery and causes you to spike and crash, definitely look into the amount. And again, expect the caffeine to have an effect in about 30 minutes. That is if you need to, let's say, do a talk, perform, do a presentation, do a pitch, just make sure that you consume caffeine in that 30-minute frame. That's what I do when I'm about to give a class, a workshop, and it's still uh, early in the day. That's what I do. 30 minutes before, I'm going to consume my caffeine. So from caffeine to foods that help you study, help you work cognitively, help you be sharp instead of feeling sleepy after your meals. So first, let's start with what you do not want to eat if you don't want to feel sleepy and lethargic cognitively after your meals. High sugar foods, high fat foods, and a lot of caffeine. If you do any of that, then you have a much bigger chance that after your either caffeine consumption or meal consumption, so high sugar, high fat, that's almost a guarantee for you to feel lethargic and sleepy. That has to do with blood sugar going up and down, spiking and crushing. That also has to do, in, especially in the case of greasy and fatty foods, they don't actually even have to be all that unhealthy. Just a lot of fat makes your digestion sluggish and slow, and it takes all the blood flow from your brain to your digestive system to process that heavy meal. So in general, big meals, especially with a lot of fats and not that much fiber, would cause your feeling sleepy and lethargic and not all that cognitively sharp. But if you do want to stay cognitively sharp, what you want to get, especially in your breakfast, in your lunch, in the time of the day when you want to be active, what you want to get is your protein, of course, 30, 40 grams of protein. Eggs are especially beneficial in that mix, but eggs alone are not enough. So make sure you either add a shake, add some fishy or meaty protein or Greek yogurt. So you get your 30, 40 grams of protein, but yeah, protein long-lasting carbohydrates with a lot of fiber. Those can be um, non-sugary oats, uh, beans, lentils. Those are the best. Also adding some berries and some fruit into your breakfast, for example, that also helps. But especially beans, lentils, things like oats give you long-lasting energy, especially combined with your protein and things like a little bit of essential fats, not too fatty, but eat your eggs with your yolk, maybe a handful of walnuts. So protein, long-lasting carbohydrates with um, a lot, a lot of fiber and uh, fats naturally occurring in your foods. 
So now you know how to eat to stay cognitively sharp. And maybe you also know why after certain meals, you just feel sleepy. And if you have certain lunch, you might as well just go to bed for the next couple of hours. And the last, but definitely not least, uh, when I start working with my clients, folks, I always, first week, we talking about supplements and where are we going to get our protein shake and our multivitamin and multimineral and omega-3 fatty acids. So this bullet is specifically about multivitamin. This, this was published on Microsoft Insider website. Neuroscientist who studies the aging brain says he started taking multivitamins because of his own research. So yeah, they did research. They gave people, older people, 60, 65 years old, multivitamin. It was simple multivitamin centrum, nothing specific. So people were 60, 65 years old and they took it for three years and across the board, their performance on memory-related tasks improved. The researchers say that it's probably true that multivitamin improves cognitive performance, not just for older adults, it's just older adults already have a lot of uh, malfunctions and damage, so to speak, and also their bodies process nutrition from whole food meals a lot less effective, and that's why it's easier to see the results in older adults, but it works, researchers say, probably in younger population just as much. Multivitamin does improve your cognitive performance, cognitive function, your brain aging, and a lot of other things that we still cannot measure. So don't look down on supplements. They actually do work. And of course, eat foods full of all the nutrients that we are yet to learn and discover and learn how to put them into supplements. Whole food contains so much more than what you're just going to find in a supplement, even though, again, supplements also help and work. The best combination, eat natural foods rich in vitamins and minerals and all kinds of compounds um, that, again, we are yet to discover and combine it with multivitamin, multimineral, the good one. They are all different. If you need advice, folks, please do reach out. Angela at brainbreakthroughcoach.com. I'm going to help you to make sure that you consume the needed basics in your vitamins, minerals, and uh, things like omega-3 fatty acids. And that's about it, your five bullet brainy Monday. Let me know by sharing this podcast, taking me uh, somehow, finding me on Instagram, uh, Twitter, threads. Let me know what bullet did you like most. If you need any help, please do reach out via email. And folks, don't forget, we don't run any ads here. We don't do any, I don't know, promotional stuff. Uh, so please do share this podcast to give this knowledge into the hands and, well, actually ears of more people so we all learn how to live a bit better every day, how to make bit better choices so our brain works better and we all do better and create better world for all of us so thank you so much for being on today's podcast thank you so much for all your support reach out if you want some advice if you need that advice and have an amazing monday remember why you started talk to you very soon